Well, good morning, Abundant Life Church. How are you today? It's good to see you guys. I'm so glad you're here. Would you help me welcome our campuses in Vancouver and also um, over in Sandy and uh, those watching online as well? Would you help me do that? Just uh, give these guys a round of applause. So glad you're here. So glad you're here. I want to begin by having you repeat something that I've had you repeat before. Uh, so repeat this after me. Today is a gift from my Creator. And what I do with it is my gift back to Him. Therefore, I will make every day a masterpiece. Amen. Amen. You believe that? Do you believe that every day is a, a gift that God has given to you and that we have the responsibility and the opportunity and the privilege of making every single day a masterpiece? And so that's what I hope you'll do. One of the challenges we face, however, when we attempt to do that is we look back to the past and we over-exaggerate yesterday. And we long for the good old days. And so we over-exaggerate the past and think, oh, I just wish we could go back to the way things were. And we over-exaggerate the past. And we get stuck on past mistakes. We get stuck on past failures. We get stuck on past successes and all of those kinds of things. Another danger is we overestimate tomorrow. We think, ah, you know, when this happens, then I'll be happy. And when this happens, then I'll be successful. Or when this happens, and on and on and on the list goes, we overestimate tomorrow. We put too much into tomorrow. And it's nothing wrong with looking back to the past. In fact, I encourage you to do that. They're great lessons to be learned from the past. And, and, and dare we, you know, you know, leave the past and not learn the lessons that there are to be learned. Just don't live there. And I'm not saying that we don't plan for tomorrow, that we don't plan for the future, because we certainly should do that as well. But what we tend to do is over-exaggerate and overestimate, and then we underestimate today. We underestimate the day that God's given to us. And this is the one we have. This is the one that God has given to us. Psalm 119 says, this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in this day. But what happens is we do those kinds of things, over-exaggerate, over-estimate, underestimate, all that stuff. And, and, and so what happens is we begin drifting through life because we don't recognize the value of every single day that God gives to us. We end up drifting through life. And so a lot of people end up living life by what I call living life by default. They just let life happen. And whatever happens, happens. And they take no thought about their day and actually uh, cooperating with God to make it a masterpiece. And so rather than live your life by default, I encourage you to live your life by design and, and, and cooperate with God and His Holy Spirit at work through you to design every day so that it can be a masterpiece. Now, last week, we talked about how you and I need to make big decisions once and then manage them on a daily basis. And so the question today is, how do you make those big, big decisions? How do you even know? What are the big decisions that I need to make? What are the, what are the, what, what's the governor on every day through which, or what's the lens through every day through which I make the decisions that govern my day? And my answer to that question would be it has to have something to do with your values. What do you value? And so today, 
I want to talk to you about how we make every day a masterpiece by focusing on our values because my values give direction to life. They give direction to my days every day. And, and so a lot of times, you know, what we talk about is, um, is you know, uh, values and, and wonder, well, what are they? Because we hear the word values. You have the word, you have values in your life, but what are they? Well, if I were to ask you to define values, how would you define it? And you'd probably hear lots of different answers. But I think basically they are the principles that are deeply embedded in who we are and they govern the way we live. Many times you don't even realize that you're being governed by those values. But I I would venture to say that all of you are where you are today because of values that you've lived by up to this point. And so values are those things that you could say they drive you. They are the things that determine what you should do every day. They're the things that you desire to become in your life. And so we're, we should begin to identify what are those values. We talk about living a life of integrity. Those of us who go to church, those of us who follow Jesus Christ, integrity is a big deal, right? We, we want to be known as people of integrity. Well, what is integrity? How would you define integrity? I left my pen over here, so camera people, follow me way over here to the pen, and here we go. And so, if I were to illustrate it, it would be like this. You know, we, we've, we've got values in our life, and every day determines whether or not we are living according to those values. Values, they're what we believe. The question is, do they, are they in alignment with what we do, our actions, what we do every day? And so the question is, are they in alignment with one another? Because when I do what I believe, then I'm living a life of integrity. If I say these are my values, but I'm not living that way, then I'm living an incongruent life, and I lack integrity. And so we, we all understand that. But what happens when we find in life that our actions are out of alignment with our values? In other words, we say, this is what I believe, but if you were to look at your life and say, yes, but your actions show otherwise, and you live out of alignment with your values, what happens when we do that? Well, we lack integrity. We lose the trust of people. We lose self-respect, and, and there's a sense of confusion that takes place in our own life. There's chaos in our life. And I believe that, generally speaking, if you have values, which you do, and you live your life in alignment with those according to your actions, then, generally speaking, you'll live a life of happiness, of contentment, of peace, of satisfaction, a sense of fulfillment, because there's a congruency in your life between what you believe and what you do. But if you live in a misalignment, then there's the sense of confusion and you lack integrity. Did you know that the Bible actually has a lot to say about values? In fact, if you were to read through the Bible, you'll see verse after verse after verse that are what I call value verses. I've given you a few of them here. Here's, here's one, and you'll find it in Proverbs chapter 19. It is better to be poor but honest than to be a lying fool. And so what's the value that you see? What do you think? What's the value there? 
honest. To, to, it's better to be an honest person, okay, and, and to be poor than, than to be a, a person who's known as a liar. Here's another value verse. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. What would you say is the value that comes out in that verse? Humility, yeah. Every, every, every group so far, every service so far has, has said humility. Yeah, you can see it that comes out there. Here's another value verse. No one can serve two masters. And, and so there's a, that's a value verse that Jesus is speaking to us. And so there's the need to focus on, on serving one master and being focused and the sense of loyalty, it, it comes out there. Okay, here's another value verse. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? And so that's a, that's a value verse. Here's one more. Do to others as you would have them do to you. What do we know that verse as? It's the golden rule, right? And if you and I could just live our lives according to just this one value alone, how much would it change your life? How much would it change your marriage if, if you lived by this value to do to others what you would have them do to you? Or the, the, the culture at your work, you know, in your community, with your friends, just that one value alone. So the Bible is just full of all kinds of verses that talk about different kinds of values. So why do I need good values? What, what difference does it make whether or not I have good values? Well, because behind every person, behind every life, is a picture of the values that have shaped it. Because values do give direction to my life. And when we live our life according to our values, then we're living our life intentionally by design as opposed to living our life by default. Let me give you four word pictures that help us to understand the value of good values. Here's one of them. Uh, values serve as an anchor to keep me grounded in life. How many of you would agree with me that sometimes in life it's just a little bit easy to get ungrounded in life and, and to, to get kind of shaky and, and to, to, to feel like, I mean, I, I feel like I'm like on, a, on a, a boat out in the middle of the sea and there's no anchor and I'm being thrown here and there and I'm being pulled here and there and all kinds of ways. And so our values, they serve as this, this anchor to keep me grounded when the storms of life come blowing in into my life. In fact, the book of Ephesians alludes to this, this very value when it talks about the importance of growing and maturing in Jesus. And he says, when this happens, we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and, that are blown here and there by every wind of teaching and the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. And so they serve as an anchor in our life. Here's another word picture. They serve as a firm foundation to keep me standing. They serve as a firm foundation to keep me standing. Sometimes we feel like life is just falling apart. Someone dies. Someone goes through a, a diagnosis of cancer. A, a relationship breaks apart. You lose a job. You go bankrupt or whatever it happens to be. And, and all of life feels like it's just crumbling around you. How important is it that you and I have good values upon which to stand that will serve as a great foundation when life seems to be falling apart and crumbling all around us? They're very, very valuable. 
Again, Jesus spoke to this. He says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, it's like what we're talking about. You hear the word of God and you recognize the values in God's word and you actually live them. You put them into practice. He says, this person is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rains came down, and the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and yet it did not fall. Why? Because it had its foundation on the rock. It's a good value. And then he goes on to say, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice, and so there's a misalignment, it's like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, and the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. Sometimes lives come crashing down. Why? Because their values crumbled, because they, they didn't have the firm foundation that good values will give to you. Here's a third word picture. They serve as a faithful friend to keep me in check. They, they, and the reason they serve as a faithful friend is because they're, they're really inherent to who you are. We all need uh, friends who can speak into our life. We need people who can point things out to us and to help keep us in check. Well, good values are like a faithful friend that will do that because they're a part of who you are. You know. You, you know it deep inside what you value, even though you may not have taken the time to actually identify them and to write them down. I love what Abraham Lincoln said. He, he made this statement, when I lay down the reins of this administration, I want to have one friend left and that friend is inside of me. What was he talking about? He was talking about living a life of integrity with all the decisions, all the power, all the positions, but when he came to the end of his life, he wanted to be able to look in the mirror and be, be content and be satisfied, be happy with the person he saw in the mirror. He wanted to hold true to his values. Here's a fourth word picture. They serve as a north star to keep my life on course. There's so many things in life that change all around us. You, you acquire new skills. You take on a new job. You relocate to a new community or maybe move to a new city. You attract new friends. All of these kinds of things change all of the time in our life, right? But one thing that should rarely change is your values. I, be I believe they can over time. But generally speaking, your values are consistent and they should hold the course. And they serve as that north star to kind of guide you and lead you in the right direction. And, and so once you and I have identified them and we have articulated them well, now we're on the way to actually live in a life in such a way that we make every day a masterpiece because now we're building our life upon the values that we've determined are important to us. So the question is, how do you get started in determining what my values are, what, what they should be? I love that quote, you only live once, but once is enough if you do it right. And the truth is, you're only going to go around one time in life. And so how do you make this life that God's given to you the best that it can be? How do you make every day the best that it can be? Because it is a gift that God's given to you and me. And, and so how do we do that? It's based on values. So how do we get started in living a life of good values? Let me give you two thoughts. List your desired values. I encourage you this week as part of your growth challenge to take some time this week and sit down and begin listing what your desired values are. Figure out what you really want. 
figure out what really matters to you. And maybe more importantly, figure out who you want to be. Who do you want to be known for? What do you want to be known for? It's the whole idea make big decisions once and then manage them daily. There's different ways that, that you can do this, but let me give you four words. First off, begin by identifying. You have to identify what's important to me, what really matters to me. What you, because how do I know if every day is a masterpiece if I don't have something upon which to base it to answer that question? One thing I've done, and, and it's going to be different for different people, and, and I've shown you this before, but this is a kind of a, a way that I look at my life and try to manage it in such a way that every day is a masterpiece. Taking my life, and, and I've identified several areas of my life that I feel are important. And these, these don't stand alone, okay? This is not meant to be compartmentalized because whenever you and I start compartmentalizing our life, then you're going to lack integrity because you'll say, well, I'm going to be this way here, but over here it doesn't affect this. So I'm going to go to church and, uh, and act one way at church, but when I'm at work, well, you know, my work life has nothing to do with my church life. Well, no, now you're going to lack integrity, okay? So don't, don't see these as compartments. See these as running in and out of one another because that's, that's the way they actually seem to work out. It should work out. So these are my own. And, and, and so I've identified some areas that I think are important. And they're all F words, okay? And so here's the first one is faith. My faith is very important to me. And so I have to ask myself, what am I doing every day to develop my relationship with God? If, if I think that's important, if I consider it to be important, what am I doing every day? At the end of the day, I can say, yeah, it was a masterpiece because of what I did relative to my faith. My family. Okay, there are several things that I, I, I want to go on a date night with my wife at least once a week. I want to call my mom at least once a week. She's 98 years old, lives in Arlington, Texas. I'll call her this afternoon. And, and, and I want to develop you know, that relationship. I don't want to come to the end of my life regretting that I didn't talk to my mom. I want to spend time with my kids and my grandkids and, and want to make sure I'm engaging them. So family is a very important uh, part of my life. My field. And you might think, well, what does that mean? That means your job, okay, your career, okay? For me, I'm a pastor. I pastor a church. And, uh, and so I want to make sure I'm growing as a pastor and, and, and being the best pastor that I can be and, and being the best church leader that I can be and, and developing all the different areas of, of that part of my life. Uh, another part of life that's important to me is my fitness, okay? my physical fitness. I have several reasons why that's important to me, which, by the way, all of these areas of life actually have a value or values behind them. For example, a value behind my faith is authenticity. I want to be authentic with my faith. I don't want to be superficial. I want to be real. I want to pretend I have it all together because I don't, and I want to be authentic behind fitness is the value of discipline. Okay, that's a that's a, a big value of mine. Behind my field, I want to be trustworthy. That I'm, if, if I say I'm going to do something, then I do it. I want to be trustworthy. And so, behind all of these, there are other values that are taking place. Another one is finances. That's a big part of life, and and so I want to make sure that that I live my days in such a way that I manage well my finances. Because again, I am where I am uh, today because of decisions made yesterday, and I'll be wherever I am tomorrow because of decisions I make today. 
And so if this is an important area, then I probably need to be doing something at least on a weekly basis and not a daily basis to make sure that that's being taken care of. And so finding faith, family, feel, fitness, finances. My friends is very important. I don't have a lot of friends. I don't think you have to have a whole lot of friends, but I think you ought to have a few close friends that, that you can, can do life with and that you can share life with and, and, and hold each other accountable. Uh, a value behind that one would be loyalty. And so I want to be loyal to, to those friends that I have, okay? Uh, behind the, another one here that you may not uh, think of, but my, my fun or my free time. I, you know, it could actually be that or free time. Because there are hours in the day where you've got some free time. What are you going to do with that? You know, just waste them? You know, what's the best use of that? So I want to make sure that, that I do that right. What do you think the last one might be? Anybody want to guess? In our campuses, you can yell it out. <laughs> okay. Uh, somebody said food. It's not food, but, but my future. <clears throat> food goes down here. Okay. <laughs> Under fitness, all right? It's not just exercise, but you eat. Future, my future. Um, I, need to, I need to be thinking about my future. You need to be thinking about your future. And, and again, you can see how all of these run into one another. So these are areas of my life that I value. And I want to know, when I finish a day, how did I contribute to those areas? How did I live my life in such a way that I made a difference in these different areas of my life? And so the first way to identify, I challenge you this week, Go home and begin to identify areas of your life that are important to you and the values that go with them. And what are you doing every day to make sure you, uh, you reinforce that value in your life? Because if you're not, then you can say it's a value, but you, there's no action to prove it. And so there's a misalignment. And so you lack integrity and there's chaos and confusion and you lack even direction and all of that. Second word is to expand expand. Go home, make a list, and just let that list keep growing. What, what do you want to be known for? What kind of person do you want to be? And make that list. And, and just let it continue to grow. There's virtually no end to all the different values out there, which the next word is going to sound contradictory, but I'll explain it. That's to eliminate. To eliminate. Once you've come up with a list of 50 or 60, 70 values, well, it's hard to live out that many values. And so maybe you need to maybe eliminate some, maybe even combine some of those values. For example, if you say, well, I want to be a person of integrity. Well, I want to be a person of character. I want to be a person of, uh, of, to, that's known to be honest. I want to be trustworthy. Well, you, you could kind of gr uh, group all of those under trustworthy, okay, or under integrity. All right, so you, you figure it out. But, but maybe you have to eliminate some. And then compare. Compare. If you're married, I challenge you and encourage you to sit down with your spouse and compare the values that you have because you'll find that you share similar values and you'll find that your spouse has some values that you don't have. You'll also find maybe some values that maybe are competing against one another. And it's important to talk about those, okay, to, to talk about areas where maybe, you know, you share different values and it, and it could lead to conflict in your life. I remember uh, seven years ago now, I got certified with the John Maxwell team to do leadership training because I just wanted to continue to grow personally and professionally. 
and because uh, that was a value to me. And, and so I did that, and God allowed that to be used to open up doors to, to, to do things in life and growing. And I feel like, man, I'm really growing, learning some great stuff and all that stuff. But, but my wife wasn't necessarily taking the journey with me, and I wanted her to do that because I think, man, you've got so many gifts. You've got so many abilities. You've got so many experiences and all of that, which, by the way, she, I asked her if I could use this illustration so in case you're wondering, oh, what's he going to say now? And uh, so she knows, and, and we've, I kind of ran this by her. I don't always do that, and I get in trouble. And, uh, <clears throat> but I did this one. And so anyway, I said to her, I said, you know, you've you got so many experiences and stuff, and, and I just feel like, you know, you ought to kind of take this journey with me. And I kept bugging her about that. And finally, she just stopped me one day in the living room. She said, I don't care to. It's great for you. I don't want to do it. I don't have any desire to do this. And I said, okay, now I'll quit, I'll quit bugging you. I just won't bug you anymore about it. But would you at least come to one of my leadership groups so that, so that you can um, give a woman's perspective and share your experiences? And so she did. And so she's in one of the groups one time, and, and she came to the decision herself. I want to take this journey with you. I want to grow like you're growing personally and professionally because I do have lots of experiences and, and like, lots of life lessons and all this stuff. And so now we're actually taking this journey together in a way that we hadn't before. But that wouldn't have happened if we hadn't sat down and at least talk about it, at least talk about it. So sometimes you have to compare. And so that's the first thing. Here's the second. Embrace those values daily. Embrace them every single day because you don't want to waste your life. You don't want to waste the days that God's given to you. And what you don't want to do is come to the end of your life having climbed this ladder of what you think is important and successful and all this stuff only to realize that you were leaning your ladder against the wrong wall. And so embrace them daily. Embrace them daily. I love what Albert Einstein said when he said, try not to become people of success, rather become people of values. So figure them out and embrace them. So how do you manage good values? Or another question could be, how do you embrace them? How do you embrace the values that you've now identified? Let me suggest a couple of things because it's so important that you embrace the values that you've deemed are important for you for all the reasons that I've mentioned, but for another reason. Because every day, your values are going to be tested. In this culture in which we live today, if you have good values and you have godly values, they are going to be tested every single day, more than likely. If you look back through the Bible, you'll find biblical characters who had values, and those values were tested. I think of people like uh, Joseph. Joseph was a man of great values, and you really saw those values come through when he landed in Egypt, and he was a slave in Potiphar's house. And he was tempted, and, and he was maligned, and he was lied about, and he wasn't promoted, and other people were, and he was forgotten, and all this stuff. But he held true to his values all the way through. And at every juncture, God blessed him. Why? I believe it's because he held to his values. He embraced them and he held to them. I think of people like Daniel. If you remember the story of Daniel, and he had this value of praying before God, and he had, he had his old system and all this stuff, and, and then they passed a decree that, that you couldn't do that, and so it landed him in the lion's den. And I think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're uh, his contemporaries. 
And they, they had the value that we won't bow down to any God. We won't worship any God except for the one true God, Jehovah. And then they passed this decree that everybody has to bow down to this big statue that the ruler made. And they said, well, we can't do that. And the reason we can't is because we value the one true God, and we won't bow down, even though it may cost us our lives. And they were thrown into this fiery furnace that was heated seven times hotter, and their values were tested. You see, every day, your values are going to be tested in the day-in and day-out decisions, and so you have to know what they are. You have to embrace them. And so how do you do that? How do you embrace the values that you've deemed are important so that they just aren't something that's theoretical, but something that's actually concrete and something that you're living. Let me give you a few suggestions. Here's number one. Verbalize your values every day. Verbalize your values every day. Once you figure out what they are, speak your values every single day to yourself. How many of you, by the way, you talk to yourself? Raise your hand. How many of you talk to yourself? Okay. Some of you are sitting there thinking, I don't, I don't think I talk to myself. I, I, <laughs> I guess I'd have to stop and think about that. Okay, so, so if you're thinking about it, you do. And, and so, which, by the way, other than God, the most important person you're going to talk to every day is you. Is you. And I'll venture to say that if I spoke to you the way most of you speak to yourself, I, you wouldn't let me be your friend. Right? I mean, if I, were to, if I were to say to you what you say to you, you know, how can you be so stupid? You're such an idiot. My goodness, why can't you get anything right? You know, and if I spoke to you like that, it'd be like, well, I'm not hanging around him. You know, he does something to bring me down all the time. Well, okay, so you got to be, be careful about what you, you say to yourself. I love this, this phrase, if I can remember it. Guard your thoughts because they become your words. Guard your words because they become your actions. Guard your actions because they become your habits. Guard your habits because they become your character. Guard your character because it becomes your destiny. Where does it start? It starts with your thoughts. And what are you speaking to yourself? And so determine what your godly values are, what your good values are, and begin to verbalize those every day. One thing I've done is I've created what would, for me, is what I call my blueprint for life. And my blueprint for life is kind of like two and a half pages. And it deals with everything from uh, destructive beliefs that I've had, that I've had to turn around to, to being what God actually says about me. I have my life's guiding principles, and that's kind of a growing list. I have several principles that seem to guide my life. I have daily affirmation statements that I, that I will speak verbally every day, and I've broken those down into spiritual, relational, physical, financial, and career. And so I have those affirmation statements. I have, I've listed the different roles that I have in life to make sure I'm covering my basis as a husband, as a father, as a grandparent, as a brother, as a, as a son, as a pastor. There's different, different roles in life. And then I have my values, and the values are the ones that, I, that are right here. Among other things, I have a whole other list of values in addition to that that, that complement these. And all of that lands itself on a mission statement at the very end. And I'll, I'll look at that. I keep it handy. Why? Because I want, to, I want to actually live out the values that I've deemed are important. Now, do I do it perfectly? No. I, I fall short so many times, okay? But at least it's, it's that, that guardrail that helps to bring me back on course. So, so number two, live out your values. Number two, live out your values regardless of your feelings or consequences. Live them out regardless of your feelings or your consequences. Whenever there's a discrepancy... <clears throat> 
between what you've considered to be your values, when there's a discrepancy between what you believe, your values, and what you do, your actions, again, there's going to be confusion in your life. You're going to lose self-respect. Uh, you're going to lose the trust of people and, and all of those kinds of things that's, that do not serve you well. But when your life, when there's a congruency, then there's a greater sense of confidence. There's a greater sense of purpose. There's a greater sense of I'm making every day count for God's glory. And, and so there's, there's a difference that takes place when you live in alignment with your values. Here's number three. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Evaluate each day in light of your values. Evaluate every day in light of your values. And you say, well, you know, what do you mean by that? A lot of people, it seems, live their life on autopilot. They give no thought to, to how their day went or how things went or whether or not it was a good day. And uh, again, they just maybe go through life re reacting to everything as opposed to designing their life and, and living their life in such a way that they are proactive rather than reactive. So evaluate every day in light of your values. Evaluate it. The only person you should ever, ever compare yourself to is yourself. Whenever you compare yourself to other people, you'll lose because there's always people who are better than you. There are always people who aren't quite as good as you are. And so, you know, one leads to pride and one leads to, to, to you know, lack of self-worth and all this stuff. The only person you should ever compare yourself to is yourself. And am I doing better today than I was yesterday? And one of the way you, ways you know that is to evaluate yourself every day. I call this bookending your day. And I encourage people to do this all the time. Bookend your day. Start your day with reflection and planning so that you can begin the day being centered and, and focusing on God and all of those things and, and reflect over the day to come and acknowledge the opportunities and the challenges, reflect and plan. And then at the end of the day, reflect over the day and ask, how did it go? And you're, you're bookending your day and you're actually evaluating your experiences. You know, they say that experience is the best teacher. How many of you believe that experience is the best teacher? Well, guess what? It ain't. It's not. Experience is not the best teacher. You want to know the best teacher is? Evaluated experience. You see, you and I have experiences all the time, every single day. When's the last time you evaluated those experiences? And if you didn't, then you didn't learn the lessons from them. All you had was an experience. You didn't learn the lesson. And so we have to take time to evaluate the experiences that God allows us to have. And so evaluate each day in light of your, your values. One, one thing I do, I'll share this with you. And again, the only reason I share this is not to applaud me because uh, I, I, fall, I fall way short of my own standards. It's just to encourage you to come up with your own. I have my, I'm, I'm so old school. I do everything. You know, I write everything out. And, and so I had this little piece of paper that, that I use every day. And at the top of it, I've got my words for the day, my word or words for the day. And, and so and sometimes it may be the word, same word for the year. Like right now, this season in which I'm living, I have three words that I write down every single day. I've been doing this for the last seven months, these same three words. The, the first one is calm. The second word is courage. And the last word is clarity. God, would you help me to be calm in this season of transition? 
Would you give me courage to make difficult decisions? And would you give me clarity as we move forward? And I've added other words to that, but I won't bore you with those. And then I have this little section right here. what really matters to me. What really matters to me. So I see this every day. And what really matters to me is the eight categories that I put right up here. All of them are listed right here. Out of that, I have things that I do every day. And these are things that I have to do, uh, and, and they're typically urgent, and I have to do them. If I don't do them, I'll lose my job. For example, uh, I got a sermon to write this week. I, I, I can't afford to not write a sermon because my elder team will say, guess what, you're fired, you don't write your sermons. And so I've got things that I have to do, okay, among other things. And then people to contact, and then I have the schedule, all that stuff. But what I want you to see is I rate my day. Every day I rate my day on a scale of one to 10. One, it sucked. The other day was successful, okay? That's my alliteration. I use alliteration for everything, you know, you know calm, courage, clarity, sucks, and, um, and successful. And so I rate my day on every day. So how do I know? I mean, how do I even know if it was a good day or not? Well, it goes back to right here. Did I spend time with my wife? Did I tell her I loved her? Did I, uh, did I exercise? Did I eat properly? Did I... Uh, did I um, do something to help uh, develop myself you know, my, in my personal life, in my, my leadership? Uh, did, I, you know, did I work hard? Did I, did I give it my best? And I'll, and I'll check off and I'll think, yeah, I, did, I, got, I got five out of the eight. And so I may give myself a six or a seven. Rarely do I get a 10. You know, rarely do I get a 10. But I'm just encouraging you. Re- reflect, think about, because evaluated experience will serve you well. It'll serve you well. And so as we wrap up today, let me just give you a couple of questions to think about as you think about your day. At the start of every day, you might think about questions like this. Have I checked in with God today? I mean, how many, how many of you get going through your day and you stop and think, ah, oh, I, I didn't even take time to pray. I didn't take time to read the Bible. I didn't take time to meditate. And then you stop. You say, God, I didn't do that. And so I'm going to take time to check in with you. Or is my attitude right? How many of you, you, know, you sometimes wake up with a bad attitude? Anybody? How many of you wake up grumpy? Okay. Some of you say, no, I just let him sleep. I just let him sleep. Um, but, but sometimes we do. We, we wake up grumpy, and I have to check. check my, how, how's my attitude? Uh, another question I ask myself is, do you have a grateful spirit? Because I know when I wake up if I have an attitude of gratitude or if I have kind of a, a sourpuss attitude. And so those are some questions that I ask myself. Here's, what about at the end of the day? At the end of the day, what did I, what did I learn today? Is a question you could ask yourself. Or another question could be, how can I apply what I learned today to my life? How can I apply this? Or how could I have done it better? How could I have done it better? What about when you fail? How many of you fail every so often? How do you deal with that, that failure? Some people get stuck in the past, and they can't get on with, with life. And so here's some questions you could ask. You know, why did that happen? Stop and, and ask yourself, why did that happen? Why did I fail in that way today? And what can I learn from this? How, how can I take this and become a better person? How can I learn from this? All kinds of questions that you could be asking yourself. Now, let me give you two great value verses. These are two of my favorites. First one comes out of Colossians. Whatever you do, whatever you do, 
Work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord and not for human masters. I mean, that would change your life. If you could enter every day saying, God, thank you for this day and every meeting that I have, every project that I work on, every task that's given to me, I'm going to do it as if I'm doing it for you. And that will change the way you look at your life and your days. I want you to read this next verse with me. It's your memory verse for this week. Those of you at our campuses, I want you to read this with me too. Philippians 1.27. With great enthusiasm, let's read this together. Here we go. Be sure that you live in a way that brings honor to the good news of Christ. Isn't that a great verse? What a great value. Be sure that you live every single day in such a way that you bring honor to Jesus Christ. That's my prayer for you. Why? Because every day is a gift that God's given to you. It's a gift. And what we do with it, it's our gift back to him. And so I encourage you to live every day, to make it a masterpiece, live every day in such a way that you bring honor to Jesus Christ, the giver of your days. I'm going to ask if you'd bow your head and as we close out today, the greatest gift that God has given to you is not your day. The greatest gift he's given to you is not your life. The greatest gift he's given to you is new life. His new life. And you only experience new life when you find Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is the center of every day. Some of you here today maybe have never invited Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life, to be the center of your life, to be your Savior. And if that's you today and your desire is to say, Lord Jesus, would you be the center of my life? Would you be the Lord, the Savior of my life? I want to invite you to pray this prayer after me aloud. And for those of you who've made the decision to follow Jesus Christ, if you also would pray this prayer. So would you repeat this after me? Father in heaven, today I'm grateful for the gift of life. But I'm even more grateful for Jesus Christ who gives me new life and gives meaning and purpose to today. Jesus, I invite you to be the Savior of my life and to be the Lord of my life. Help me to live every day for you. I choose to follow you. I pray this in your name. Amen.